0: Are we ready for class? Brother Richard, would you come and hand out our sheets? I would ask, when you get your sheet, please do not look past page one. Please. Do not look past page one. Brother DeMuth, would you please put my slides up? Thank you very much. Lots of instructions this morning. That's when you know you're going to have a class, class, class. I'm a teacher at heart. Okay, good morning, boys and girls. That's a sister Dennis used to call us. If I'm too loud, bear with. My voice may come, my voice may go. That's life as we know it with me. So we have been talking for the past few months, several months, a little bit of time about core values. What are core values? What have we learned so far? Okay, well, the core is the center of something, right? The core is like an apple. That was what I thought of right away, like the core of an apple. It's the center of it. You can hear me. Okay, I'll talk up louder. It's the center of it. According to Webster, we like Webster, at least we did back in my day, the core is the central, often foundational part It's the basic, essential, or enduring part. You take the core, and that's normally what keeps replicating. It's the center. It's the foundation. It's where it replicates from. You think of an apple, that's where the seeds are at. So that's where it reproduces from. So what's at the core is where it reproduces from. It's the foundation. Keep the core of an apple in mind. Okay? So the core. What are values? What you hold dear. In this case, what we believe. Value. The monetary worth of something, relative worth, utility, or importance. Something intrinsically valuable or desirable. So the core value is the foundational part, the basic essential of what we hold valuable or desirable. If you put those two things together, not just us, but anyone. Whatever a person, whatever is at their center of what they value their job, their family, their car, their clothes, their sneakers. Their, you laugh. I know, some, people. some people don't even wear their sneakers out in the dirt because they are so valuable to their core. You laugh. Oh. It's sad. I mean, it's true. So now we're going to talk this month, about our core value identity. Webster, again, says that our identity is our character or our likeness. So what is at our core that is desirable or valuable to us? That is what makes up our identity. So now, on your paper, I want you to quickly, very quickly, just whatever comes to you, list the ten things that define you. What defines you as a person? Quick, don't even think about it. Just whoop. What comes to your heart, mind? Not your heart. Well, whatever. You know what I mean. Quick, whoop, ten things. This is just for you. You're not going to read them out loud. You won't be embarrassed by them or proud and boastful about them. doo 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 got him? oh come on it was only 10 not 25 or 50 got him? Okay, now Brother DeMuth is going to play a quick video clip for us. You shouldn't have had to leave the... You should just click down on the bottom. Got it? I'm not Jesus, but. (laughs) At home it worked really slick because it was embedded Uh, in my. my Okay, here's what we'll do. No. Just go over to here,
1: right here. Okay, okay. There we go. I thought I was paying attention, but I wasn't. Uh, Am I what I do? An artist? You don't an accountant, touch the mouse, a teacher, a the mother? Or am I what I've achieved? An honor student, an MVP, a winner? Am I the things I've done right? Or am I defined by the things I've done wrong? Am I a saint? A sinner? What about what others think of me? Am I all of these things? None of these things? Who am I? How I identify myself determines how I approach life. If I am what I do, I'll always need to do more and achieve more to find my value. If I am what others say, I'll always try to please people instead of my Heavenly Father. But if I listen to who God says I am and embrace His identity in me, I'll find the freedom to live out all He has planned for me. God calls me His child. He says, I am wise and restored, that I'm a brand new creation in Christ. I am chosen and holy and blameless before God. He calls me his masterpiece. I am loved by God. He says, I am made complete through the grace and mercy of Jesus, my Savior. And when I see myself the way God sees me, I walk with confidence because I trust the one who answers the question, who am I?
0: slideshow yes okay so now look at your list really quick and ask yourself are your identifiers based on your who am i i'm watching to see are we going to get our slideshow back are your who am i based on god attributes or world attributes are they and they're not right or wrong this point. Um, But are they God attributes or are they world attributes? Are they temporary attributes or are they God-unchanging attributes? Just kind of ask yourself that. Are they measure up attributes or are they attributes that God gave you? Just kind of ask yourself that. Okay? So... In America, we are a melting pot. You can flip. I think. Yes, you can flip. You can flip your page to page two. And those of you that just came in, you're going to list 10 attributes of, yeah, to define yourself. Okay. So in America, we are a melting pot. As you know, Pastor and I lived in Okinawa for 16 years. The Okinawan people are very proud of being Okinawan. If you ask an Okinawan person, oh, are you Japanese? They will say very politely, no, I'm Okinawan. And then they'll smile. There is a great distinction to them between being Japanese and being Okinawan. To Americans, there's not. We just take it for granted that we're American. Many Americans nowadays, you say, oh, are you an American? And they'll say, no, I am. And they profess to be something that perhaps maybe they're not even I won't even get into the ethnicity that some people claim to be that they're not. They've never even been to that country, but we won't get into that. That's another soapbox that I won't get onto. Most Americans, if they go to Asia, cannot tell a Korean from a Japanese, from an Okinawan, from a Filipino, from a Thai. They can't. They all look the same to them. But... If you say to a Korean, oh, you're Japanese, they'll go, no, I'm Korean. They can tell instantly by looking at the eyes, not to mention the skin tone or whatever else. It's obvious. If you said to me, oh, she's Filipino, I'd say, no, she's not, she's Korean. I can tell instantly because I've lived there, I know. It's very distinct to me. The same way that if I said to you, oh, they're Christian, you'd say, no, they're Amish. I would know instantly. If two of us were standing together in Walmart, an Amish lady and me, you'd say, no. You would know distinctly. Someone else may say, well, they both have on long skirts. But we're both very distinct. But America has become this melting pot. It's a little bit harder to tell us. Our identity has become this mush. Many Americans have no family traditions anymore, other than sitting in front of the TV to eat their dinner, maybe if they even eat dinner, but we won 't get on that either because that's a whole nother soapbox, another lesson in family you know how to have, raise a family. But anyway. Traditions that were carried over from the generations that came over on the Mayflower are lost. We don't have that joy of family traditions anymore from generations ago. We've lost our legacy. The cultural traditions, we don't have them anymore in so many of our families. The cultural foods, the ethnic foods, we don't have it anymore The dress, we don't have it anymore. It's just a melting pot in America. I could go on and on and on of the culture that is lost in our country. So very few of us in America are 100% anything anymore. I know I'm 50% Norwegian, 25% German, and 25% Scotch-Irish. I'm a rarity to know that. I hold on to much of my Norwegian culture. My poor husband is subject to 50% of my Norwegian culture. We still eat lefse and have our Norwegian dinner every Christmas. I don't subject him to lutefisk anymore since they do not pickle it in lie anymore. I don't like it the same. But we still make Norwegian cookies. We still do certain Norwegian things in, in our home. We still do a lot of his southern traditions in our home. We still hold fast to those things. We cherish those family traditions. We still hold to that. It's important to us that our children know their legacy. I'm going somewhere with this. We don't want to just be part of the vast melting pot out there. We want to know where we came from. We want to hold on to that. Our identity is important to us. When we came into the church, we took on a new identity in Christ. We're not just part of the big melting pot out there. Our old man passed away. Our old man became new. In the Christian world, I already mentioned it. There's some denominations, there's some religions that you can tell just by looking at them what they are. Let's be honest and frank about it. If you go to Walmart and you see someone who is Amish, you know that they're Amish. There's no question. You know an Amish person when you see an Amish person. If you see someone who is a practicing, practicing person from Saudi Arabia, you know what religion they are. You know that. If I go to Coon Valley and I go to the Mennonite store, I know who works there and who doesn't work there. I know the Mennonites when I see them. I thank God for people who are strong in their chosen religions. I thank God that I do not have to question who they are. It grieves my heart that I have to wonder who Christians are. When I go to Walmart, I don't know one Christian from another Christian. And sad to say, I really don't know anymore who's apostolic and who's not. Sometimes I don't even know who the pastor's wives are anymore. I have to ask. I don't know one of us from another. Because we become this melting pot. We kind of walk the line. (laughs) Because America is a melting pot. And Christianity has fallen into the melting pot. We think we can be 50% this and 25% that and 25% this and maybe even 25, 25, 10, 10, 5 and fit into the melting pot. And the old man is supposed to be passed away. And all things are supposed to become new. Our identity is supposed to become new in Christ. Christianity is the only religion in America that we cannot tell 100% who they are when we meet them in the store. Across the board. Now, I'm just talking across the board. Across the board. Across the board. I'm not casting stones. I'm just talking about our core value identity. Our core value identity. I'm just talking across the board of all Christian denominations. Of all, I'm just putting it out there blanket. Core value identity. Core value identity. What we hold. Remember, let's back up here. Who are you? Core value. Our core value identity. What do we hold central and foundational? What do we have as our valuable and desirable Core value character likeness. Who are you? Are we just part of the big melting pot? Remember, our identity is what we value and what is at our core. Do people know what is at our core when we walk in? When people drive up to my house and they see the outside of my house, what do they expect when they walk in? Thank you. That means a lot to me. I mean, it really does. Because I was at my cousin's house the other day, and it meant the world to me as we were leaving. I mean, I have so many so many wonderful childhood memories of this home, and I thank God that none of them are shaken when I go there to visit, and I was standing out in the backyard, and I'm looking around, and it's just so wonderful that the yard is still beautiful, and the neighbor's yard is still gorgeous, and it's all changed, but it's still beautiful, and I was reminiscing, and I said, I am not a gardener, you know, I am not, and I thank God for things like hostas, and black-eyed Susans and things that just kind of grow on their own besides the weeds, you know. And I said to to Christy, I said, I am not a gardener, and I just do my best. And she said, but it looks so beautiful at your house. I, I just wanted to reach out and hug her and say, oh, God bless you. But it meant so much to me that she felt that way, that when she drives up, she thinks it looks nice. Thank God for my husband that mows and keeps it so nice. But... What do people see when they pull up? Because that's a huge expectation of when they walk in. If it looks like a dump, then you kind of expect a dump when you come in. Well, if I look like a melting pot, how do they know that I'm not part of the melting pot? Right? Okay. So what is it that defines us? If at the center of my list of my ten things... Is my husband, my job, my boss, my children. You all know I love my kids and my grandkids. But quite honestly, my husband, my grandchildren, and my children could all be in the same van and be gone tomorrow. If that's my whole identity, if my whole identity is being a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a pastor's wife, the lady's secretary, and the sound booth runner. And my husband, my children, my grandchildren are all in the same van and wiped out by a semi tomorrow. Then where am I on Tuesday? My whole identity just went into the media. Median, I'm sorry. And I have no identity left. So I have to reevaluate my t- list of 10 things. <laughs> Where is my identity? What is my identity? Who am I? What is my identity based on? Because I will not always be working, I may not always be a wife. I will always have given birth to children, but I may not always be a mother. (laughs) Sad but true. I mean, I have no guarantee that I am not going to outlive my children. It's a wonderful job and role in life, but it can't be my identity. Someday they're going to grow up, and they did, and they left home. And they, thank God... I raised wonderful, productive adults. But I don't go to their house every day. And I, I, I don't. Last week I didn't talk to my daughter. Well, week before last, I didn't talk to her once. It was a long week. She had things she needed to do. Things she had to work out on her own with her own husband. I needed to give her space. my whole identity was her, I was in trouble. Because that involved then her children too. So there went the grandma role. Are you getting my gist here? My identity needs to be in the new woman. So the old man, what I valued and shifted... Shifted. And thankfully, it's no longer the case. The old man, all those identity things shifted. When I changed jobs and the identity shifted, when I, if you, if my whole identity was wrapped up in you and then you changed, your attitude changed, I had to change with you. I mean, it was a constant cycle. I never knew who I was. It was wild and vicious. I never I wasn't ever secure. It was crazy. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Pastor quoted this in opening. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we are born again, truly born again, when we breathe in that breath of fresh air of the Holy Ghost Spirit, and we speak in new tongues, we take on a whole new identity. That old, shifting, changing, up, down, in, out, never-know-who-I-am person is gone. Thank God. Do you know how tiring it was to never know who I was? Do you know how tiring it was to have to keep up with the fads of the world? Do you know how tiring it was to have to figure out what everybody else liked all the time? Do you know how to never be secure in who I was? Do you know the wonderful thing about having my identity secure in Christ is? I can be me. And if you don't like me, take it up with him. If you don't like me, talk to God about it. He made me how He wants me to be. And I'm not saying that like a cop out, but He likes me how I am. So if you don't, take it up with Him. I'm secure in Him. I don't apologize for the way I look. I don't apologize for... I don't. I'm how he wants me to be. My core values changed. I want to be who he wants me to be. I want to look how he wants me to look. I want to act how he wants me to act. I want to be a reflection of him. I'm the only Jesus some people are ever going to see. That people in Walmart may never, ever, ever come here. So if my attitude stinks when I go through the Walmart line, they only see a Jesus that stinks. Romans 12 and 2 says, And be not conformed to this world. Don't try to fit into the world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what happens when we are born again. Imagine that you're walking down the street and you find a lottery ticket. Now, you didn't go buy it. You just found it. And it's the Powerball jackpot winning ticket and you're instantly the millionaire I saw on the billboard outside of town that it's like up in the hundreds of millions of dollars and that's you you found the ticket and it would change your life I mean you would instantly be like a hundred million-dollar jackpot winner. Imagine. Think about what you would do with it. Whoa. But you didn't know anything about jackpot. Powerball tickets. So you didn't know that it was worth all that. So you just stuck it in your pocket and went on with your life. And sad to say that that's what a lot of us do with our new man, with our born again experience. We still keep the old identity mentality. We walk around insecure. We walk around unsure. We walk around like nobody's, nothing's, inferior. We walk around like we're unloved and uncertain. We have won the jackpot. I mean, we need to get up every morning and say, I have the Powerball ticket. I won the jackpot. If you have the Holy Ghost, you won the jackpot. There is no better prize in the world you won the jackpot. You have the gift that money can't buy. Yet we live like paupers. We act like we have nothing. We act like we are the downtrodden. How are you today? Oh, I'm okay. Oh, I'm better than I should be. I'm the child of the Most High God. I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I am the redeemed. When is the last time that you heard Mrs. Trump say, Oh, well, you know, I'm doing better than I deserve? She lives in the White House. She eats off of China. Her her choice of it, I would assume. She sleeps in the mansion of the mansions. When is the last time that you heard the queen? The queen's children. The princess. Okay, so I'm not the queen. Yet. Right? I mean, I'm engaged to the king, right? So I'm, I'm the princess. I'm the child of the king. So I'm the princess. So when is the last time that you ever heard a princess say that she didn't deserve everything? Right? She is born into the family. Well, I'm adopted in. Exactly. I was chosen. He chose me. He chose me. I wasn't just born in. I was adopted in. He chose me to be his child. He wants me to have all this. It's not because and I understand, I don't deserve it. I'm the dirt of the ground. I understand. I understand where I understand it. It's only by his grace that I deserve it. He paid for it. But bless God, he paid for it and I'm going to take it all. If he wants me to have it, I'm taking it. It's mine. So if you don't want it, I'll take the blessings. Because I'm a princess. I will take every blessing he has for me. I will live in the mansion. I will take more china. I don't know where I'll put it, but I will get another cabinet for it. Because if he gives it to me, he will give me a bigger place to put it. I like my car. I like the clothes he gives me to wear. I like the health that he blesses me with. I like the wonderful husband that he has g- given me. I, anything he gives me. Friends. Security. Peace of mind. Food. Well, Eating is way overrated in my opinion, but that's okay. I'll take it. I am secure in him. It's time that we take on our identity. Quit thinking that you're nothing. Pretend that your hand is a mirror. Don't be disobedient. Pretend that your hand is a mirror. Put it up in front of your face. Say, I am a child of the Most High God. He loves me. Woo! Don't leave that out. Woo! See, a couple of you are smiling. You need to be reminded of that. See, because sadly, we don't remind ourselves often enough we get so caught up in our everyday life that we, not because we mean to, but just because life is life. And we allow the world to come back in. Every day, every morning, first thing, we need to remind ourselves, I'm a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature in Christ. The old is gone and the new is come. We have a whole new identity. Have you ever known God to do anything partway? He just went to the cross and took away some of my sins. All of them. So when he took away the old man, all things are gone. All things are passed away and all things became new. If anything comes back, it's because I allow it to. So when those thoughts come back, I need to say, "Ooh, that's gone. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus." We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. I was born an American citizen. I have always enjoyed being an American citizen with the rights and the liberties that come with being an American citizen. Like I told you, I lived in Japan, in Okinawa, for 16 years. It never once, I had a visa to live there. I was there legally the first five years as an active duty Army wife, military dependent, I was a dependent, not a family member, because I was dependent upon my husband to be there. I was old army wife. So then I got a visa to stay there. I was there legally. It never once crossed my mind to change my citizenship. I wanted to be an American. I like being an American. Never crossed my mind. However, I was not, as I told you, I was not born a Christian. I was born again to become a Christian. Contrary to popular, popular belief, you cannot be born a Christian. You have to be born again to become a Christian. Right. <clears throat> so perhaps that's why this identity, a person that is born an American, can sometimes just kind of take it for granted. That you're an American. I think that that's why we have so much confusion in our country today. We have so many people that just take their citizenship for granted. We take it for granted that there's men and women that go and defend our country, put their lives on the line, and we do not appreciate what they do for us. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. For those who have served and those who are currently serving, thank you. I appreciate it but we take it for granted. I do not take my Christian identity and my Christianity for granted. I was born again to become a Christian. I value it. I don't want to be a part of the blurred melting pot that calls themselves a Christian. I want to hold and have it be my core value. I value this. There's one thing that I desire, and that do I seek after. And the more it becomes blurred to other people, the more straight-lined I get. I told you we have in our home certain, certain things that we hold dear from our past. Our lefse dinner and our southern cornbread and our certain things that we hold dear because we want our children to have heritage. There's certain things that with our Christian identity that we will not sway on. Some people are getting, well, that doesn't really matter, does it? Yes. The more people say maybe it doesn't matter, the more we evaluate it and we check those. The Bible says, don't throw away the old landmarks. I'm paraphrasing. But you need to know why those, pastor has a morning manna coming out. You need to check why those landmarks were put in place. You need to know why the fence lines were there. Fences are put up to keep predators out, and also to keep you from falling off the ledge. They just put a big fence up around Granddad's bluff. You know why? Because every year somebody falls off and kills themselves. So they're there for our protection. I value my Christianity. So there's no way that I'm going to get through all that I have So I'm going to save some of this for next week. But we're going to look at what we are not. And then we'll save the rest of what we are for next week. But Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, tells us what we were. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. This is the old man. Wherein in time past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We know who that is. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our, all all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the lusts, of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. So this was the old man. So the spirit that had control of your old man was the spirit of the power of the air. Satan, Lucifer, if you are born again, we have heard Pastor every Wednesday night for the past month remind us that dead people do not sin. So, dead people, they were dead in trespasses and sin your old man, if you are born again, you cannot be two people at once. You can't be an old person and a new person. I can't be single and married at the same time. I'm either single or I'm married. I'm either Miss. Pam Woodruff, or I'm Mrs. Pam Parker. I can't be two people at one time. It's impossible. So either I'm alive to sin, or I'm dead to sin. Either I'm alive to sin, or alive in Christ. I can't be both. I can't be in the world and in the church. How else can I say this to you? You can't have your foot in two worlds at one time. You can't love the world and love God too. You can't be born in the world and born in the church too. You can't have it both ways. You can't play with my screen and play with my screen too. So you were dead. You were dead. But now you are born again. Right? So this is all that you were. But if you're born again, then you're not. But you can't be one way on Sunday morning and then another way on Sunday afternoon. You can't have one set of core values because then it's not really your core. Uh, an apple's not an apple and then a peach later. It's either an apple or it's a peach. It is or it isn't. So these are the things that you were, but were no longer. It is not our identity any longer. We are... We are no longer, we are dead. We are no longer, we no longer follow the ways of the world. We no longer are disobedient. We are no longer walking in wrath. Our identity is no longer founded on the ways of the world. Our identity is now in Christ. And so next week we'll get into Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 and find out what we are. So you have a homework assignment. If you go to page 3 and 4, if you are born again, then this, these pages tell you some of the things that you are. And I would like you to look up these scriptures, read them, meditate on them, think of them, um, circle any that really just jump out at you, but you are loved. When we're sure... Of God's love when you are sure that you are sure that you are sure of God's love and in God's love it is only then that you are free to love in return we had someone tell us one time that they waited for years for the other shoe to fall in response to our love they had never ever been loved unconditionally before they were loved by us. And they waited for years for the other shoe to fall in response to our love. In other words, they waited to find out the string attached to our love. In fact, they did a lot of things to have the other shoe fall, but it never fell. But because we were in Christ... We could love unconditionally. You cannot love with Christ's love until you are sure of his love and you are in his love. So you have to have your core identity. The very first part of your core identity has to be to know I am loved by Christ I am loved. The next one is I am accepted. God's acceptance of of me is not based on any achievements. It's not based on what I've done, who I am, what I'm going to do, my failures, my nothing. It's just I'm accepted. He accepts me where I am and what I will be. not based on my looks or anything else. He just accepts me. The next one is I'm secure. I'm secure in him. I can leave him, but he will never choose to leave me. And there's scriptures there for that. And then the fourth one is I'm significant. I matter. No one matters to, to God more than me. No one. But the beautiful thing is, is no one matters to God more than you. Amazing, isn't it? He doesn't have a favorite child. He doesn't have a favorite child. We're all his favorite child. Well, Pastor has a pin that says God loves, God loves us all, but I'm his favorite. But I have, I have it, and I put it on too. So there we go. So. Um, We're going to take our break now. Please do your homework and love you all very much. And if I could get one of you strong guys, Brother Wayne, will you put that back for me?
1: There we go.